Good evening. Welcome to Employment Law Today. I'm your host, Eric Sauver. I'm an employment law and business law attorney, and I host this weekly live talk radio show and this video broadcast every Tuesday night from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on Talk Radio NYC, where I have guests who discuss some of the most novel, interesting, and engaging issues faced by employers, employees, and business owners today. And these issues often include uh, topics around employee relations, trends in the hiring market, uh, and many other aspects of what companies are facing during these challenging times. And in the spirit of having guests on the show, I'd like to send a warm welcome to my guest tonight. He's actually coming back for an encore. He was on the show uh, sometime last year. Sam Leibowitz, the Conscious Consultant. Sam, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Eric. Thank you for having me on the show. Good to know that after my first uh, appearance, I wasn't banned from uh, employment law today permanently. No, you're only banned for three months. Not kidding. (laughs) Not at all. Yeah, pleasure to have you. (laughs) And good to have you back, exactly. Or rather, indeed. Yeah, for sure. Um, So I'm going to read a little bit about our topic, and then I'll introduce Sam a little more formally to our audience tonight. Our topic, folks, if you're out there listening this evening, is the collective consciousness and the great resignation something that I think we've all been hearing a lot about. And Sam and I were talking about this, you know, the fact that the great resignation, it can really seem like a baffling phenomenon to many experts and business owners for that matter, right? The causes for the mass exodus from jobs are being studied and opined upon from a DEI perspective, um, from a mental health awareness perspective, as I discussed two weeks ago with Frank Harrison on Frank About Health, and from an economist's point of view. But how does conscious awareness play into this equation? What are the points of collective consciousness, of awareness, and even I say the spiritual principles that have contributed to the great resignation? And that's what we're getting at tonight when Sam Leibowitz, aka the conscious consultant, who is also the executive producer at Talk Radio NYC and host of the Thursday show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, uh, will join me for an engaging discussion of how we can all benefit by really looking at this great resignation through a spiritual lens of consciousness. Uh, We will discuss how employers can cultivate an attitude of resiliency, perseverance, and gratitude, which may inspire their employees in the workplace. And along those lines now, if I can just give you all some more background about Sam. And again, I'm really glad to have you on the show this evening, Sam. Um, Let me just read your intro, if I may. Our guest tonight is Sam Leibowitz, uh, as I mentioned, known as a conscious consultant. Sam is a mentor. He's also a coach, a speaker, a healer, a serial entrepreneur, and he's the author of the number one best-selling book, Everyday Awakening. Sam has been in business since 1993 and has owned several successful businesses. His current ventures include The Conscious Consultant, a coaching and mentoring service which promotes sensible, ethical, moral, and conscious ways to build careers and businesses. And of course, Talking Alternative Broadcasting, or Talk Radio NYC, this station, this internet radio station, which reaches over 120 countries and 300,000 listeners worldwide. And Sam further runs Double Diamond Wellness, a healing center in the heart of Manhattan. In these various roles, Sam has inspired hundreds of people to live a life that is happier, healthier, and more fulfilled. Sam has lectured in several venues in New York City, including being a featured speaker at TED uh, Talks Upper West Side in 2016. And Sam, I must say, it's always great to hear what your perspective on things, your, you know, your awareness, your insights. So looking forward to our discussion tonight. Me too, Eric. Me too. I always uh, love to be able to offer some unexpected insight or a different perspective, I think, than, than most people tend to hear from other places. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I think that people's unique insights and perspectives often very much tied into their background, you know, their their path, their past. And that leads me to my first question tonight for you, Sam, which is if you could just tell us a bit more about your professional path, you know, prior to becoming the conscious consultant and prior to running Talk Radio NYC, sort of a how'd you get here type of So when I started working, uh, I was still in college. I worked at at a bank as a teller and I was uh, going to get my degree in computer science. And and when I graduated, I sort of internally transferred in the bank to their cash management department. And then I started doing technical trainings 
Uh, I, I ran a small team in the customer service department in the cash management area. And then uh, eventually I left, went to another bank, uh, uh, was there for a short time, and then went to uh, uh, another software company that was owned by a bank. So again, being in New York, a lot of financial services. And then my last job, my last full-time job was a systems manager of a nonprofit trade association uh, for uh, insurance buyers of all things. It's called Risk Insurance Management Society. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, I kind of got the bug. I really, I kind of got that urge of like seeing how I'd come in a little bit earlier than people next to me and I'd leave later. I'd work hard during the day, but my paycheck didn't necessarily reflect that, Mm -hmm. that if somebody had been in the company, you know, just two years longer than me, they still were always making more money than me, even if they weren't working as hard as I was. So I kind of felt like, you know, I think I would rather see more uh, the fruits of my own labor rather than, you know, someone else deciding how much I make. And so uh, I I didn't jump right away, but I did become a computer consultant. I worked with a friend of mine who I knew who was a consultant for almost a year, uh, part-time and working full-time until a big enough project came along. And then I jumped ship um, Mm -hmm. and then uh, was a computer consultant for a couple of years. Then my friend and I, we started a um, uh, a, a video company, uh, sort of a a distributor for Japanese animation here in the U S got bought by a larger company, started another company, left that um, decided to pursue a passion of mine, which is space uh, aerospace. So we, I started in in the early web 1.0 days an online database of space qualified hardware, software services, Mm-hmm. And then the shuttle Columbia blew up and I was like, ah, this, the, the, the industry is going to be in the toilet for at least a couple of years. And I'd been doing okay, but I hadn't been doing great. So, you know, I was kind of struggling a little bit with that business. So I, I'd been married. I just got married at that point. I decided to shut it down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I uh, got into real estate and uh, uh, actually got, uh, did a little bit of commercial leasing got involved in a small development project in Queens at just the wrong time <laughs> and got out at just the wrong time. Oh, and, yeah. and, and that was a very, very expensive lesson in real estate development in New York city. Mm-hmm. And I learned a very valuable lesson, which yeah. is I am totally not built for real estate in New York city. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. That's like quite the background, Sam. You know, very. I hear a lot of like, diversity there. I mean, you know, I hear uh, interesting threads, sort of, of that desire to sort of shape your own destiny more, to have more, I guess, autonomy, and and perhaps say and to, hey, you know, I want to pretty be able to get paid based on how hard I work, and maybe bring in more and bring in less. Like, but I guess there's also risk in that. And I heard you. Uh, yeah. It sounds like you know you really can't say that you didn't try various things there. I'm you know, I'm sure with different degrees of success. So interesting to see how that brought you to where you are today. I mean, I would say like all my endeavors have been pretty successful, except for the real estate. Right. The only problem is like that one really wiped out all those other successes. Oh, yeah. But uh, it was during that time that then uh, I I met Giorgio, who was the founder of the network and who was an acupuncturist. And my wife and I, we, we took it over and started a wellness center and I took over the radio station. And that was 11 and a half years ago. And I have to say, oh. this is the longest I've spent doing any one business. Yeah. Well, actually, it's two businesses, but it's the longest I've spent doing anything. Um, so I guess this is kind of uh, caught my uh, captured my attention for a while. Yeah, that's great to hear. You know, great to hear that. And um, yeah, I think, you know, a lot of my guests like, have talked about their you know, varied backgrounds. And often it's interesting that not everyone has the one job and then goes right off to their next endeavor, self-employed. So um, I guess that kind of brings a lot of awareness and a lot of, you know, value in looking at consciousness. And it kind of brings me to my next question. And I think my next question, I want to preface with a statement for those listening tonight. I think a lot of us have heard about the great resignation and depending upon perhaps what news um, feed you have, what articles you read or what TV stations you watch, you might call it the great resignation, the great reevaluation. Um, but the fact remains that a record 4.4 million people 
uh, many of you may know, quit, left their jobs in September 2021, and even almost the same number in August, of the, the month prior. Um, it's been one of the lo- largest numbers of resignations, particularly in a time when jobs are not decreasing. So it's been dubbed the great resignation. And, you know, I wanted to ask Sam, like, you know, you're the conscious consultant, you've got the Everyday Awakening book. What is your perspective, Sam, on what this great resignation is about? And what do you think some of the causes are for this new phenomenon? Well, I, I kind of, I see things in, in, a, in a bit broader perspective, I think, than some people do. Also, mm-hmm. I kind of feel like I was ahead of the curve. I, I resigned from my last job in 1993. So I was <laughs> a, a little ahead of the curve there. But, um, but I, I feel like it's a, it's a culmination of sort of three big trends that all coincided at the same time. Yeah. And so the first trend is sort of a technology trend of being able to work virtually. Mm-hmm. And, and I just want to also state that I kind of feel that technological development mm-hmm. is really limited by our consciousness. And that when we sort of raise our consciousness, raise our awareness, then we make these big technological leaps. Mm-hmm. So it was a it was a technolo- it was a, a consciousness leap that led to a technology leap that led to Zoom getting adapted all over the place. Right. So, so that's the first trend. Mm-hmm. And then the, the second trend is the trend is the increasing popularity of the gig economy. Yeah, of, of people being able to go out and, and, and get gigs and, and do side hustles and all kinds of things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I want to relate that back maybe a little bit later on to, to what you had said in the beginning about, you know, our uh, working for a, a job. Um, yeah. And then the third one was something that had was had already was on the horizon. People had already started moving this direction, but then it sped up tremendously, Mm -hmm. which was people being able to spend some time with themselves Mm -hmm. and, and, and their families and really being able to sort of take that time, that, that moment, that separation to reevaluate things and, and to really look at their life from a different perspective. Mm. And it, and I feel like, those three trends coming together is what brought us the great resignation. Interesting, Sam. Yeah, that remote virtual work, right? The growth of that, the uh, increasing consciousness leading to and the tech uh, revolution, so to speak, and more technology, and perhaps that even feeds the consciousness. And of course, like the gig economy and people having that time from the pandemic and otherwise. Um, I'd like to like, explore these you know, more with you, of course, during the show. Uh, we do need to take our first commercial break, as I'm sure you're familiar with that, uh, how that goes. So I'll just uh, tell listeners at home tonight, you are listening to or watching um, Employment Law Today. I'm your host, Eric Sauver. My guest tonight, Sam Leibowitz and the Conscious Consultant. Stick around. We'll be right back right here on Talk Radio NYC. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Hi. 
Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back to Employment Law Today. I'm your host, Eric Sauver. Here tonight with my guest, Sam Leibowitz, aka The Conscious Consultant. Sam has a show on this network and is the executive producer of the station. And we're talking about collective consciousness and the great resignation and some of the factors and causes of this phenomenon. And uh, Sam, before the break, you mentioned three trends, you know, the whole remote virtual work, uh, technology increasing, the gig economy that also and people have more time with themselves. Um, just thinking about like, how those three are interrelated, like thinking about how, for example, people who have, say, more time during the pandemic, maybe they were, late, they were furloughed from their jobs, or maybe they were working from home remotely, but fewer hours, you know, not commuting, taking the trains every day, like, probably had a little more time to reflect. And maybe, you know, with the specter of, you know, mortality, people they knew dying from COVID, and sort of reevaluating their lives and also perhaps maybe some of that led folks to you know hold on to their gig to um ride sharing and other types of gig economy jobs like because they wanted to maybe on some level preserve some freedom of movement um so i wonder if you what your thoughts are about some of those like you know so so i want to go back to like a little bit before the pandemic yeah because I don't want people to think that like this just happened out of the blue. It just happened overnight. These are things that actually have been building for a little while. Mm-hmm. And and one of the things I think that people don't realize is that many workers, especially at tech companies, for like the last five years mm-hmm. before the pandemic have been asking their employers about remote work. Remote work, people have been talking about it. I mean, I remember when I first took over the station, there was a guy, Jim Blue, who used to do a a tech show on, and he talked back then, 11 and a half years ago, about Mm. remote work. Okay, so so this is not anything new. But but the companies, the big major companies, they used as an excuse not to implement it. Oh, it would cost too much. It would, it would take too much infrastructure. We don't know how to manage people that way. You know, they came up with all kinds of excuses not to do it. Mm-hmm. But what happened when, when the pandemic hit and the lockdown happened, boom, overnight, mm-hmm. millions of people went from in-person to virtual work. Right. So That's now true. the companies can't use that excuse anymore. They can't take it away from people. Mm-hmm. So right. what happened is, is that people have been wanting this, maybe they were the initial spark, and then many other people followed, but people have been wanting that for a while. Yeah, because exactly of what you said, the long commutes, the travel time, the expense behind it. I mean, it, it, the, the amount of time for people sitting in traffic, like driving to work has increased dramatically over the last 10, 15 years in in cities across the United States. I mean, in New York, God, I pity anyone who drives a car in New York City in Manhattan. I'm like, the subways are great. They get you there so fast. Why would you even think of bringing a car into the city? But but in other places, like every time I would visit a city, Washington, D.C., San Diego, L.A., it's just every year, year after year, I keep hearing how the traffic is getting worse and worse. And even though they try building new lanes to the highway, once they come out, it's already too late and there's even more traffic than before. So people have wanted to 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 realize that this is such a waste of time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so, So that was building for a while. Yeah. 
and then this idea of the gig economy coming about, it, it kind of reminds me of, of a talk I heard Seth Godin give once mm-hmm. where he was talking about how during our parents' generation, right. you pretty much worked at one company your entire life. Mm-hmm. You retired at 65. You got your gold watch. Yeah. And, and, and that was it. But in our lifetime, mm-hmm. the, the baby boomers will say, probably had somewhere at least minimum between three and five jobs, potentially in totally different industries. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I think back like even 10, 15, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. I remember like visiting my old high school and some of the kids asking about, you know, oh, I'm not sure what I should major in college and stuff. And I'm like, you know what? Don't sweat it because yeah. the vast majority of people mm-hmm. are working in industries that have nothing to do with what they studied in school. Right. 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 So, so, so there was already this kind of shift <clears throat> in, in, yeah. in people having more different stuff. And, but then Seth Godin said, and our, in our children's generation, mm. they won't have three to five to seven jobs. They'll have, seven different careers simultaneously. Yeah. And and that's what's been building is people have been doing little side hustles here and there, trying mm-hmm. to make money this way or that way. And just what's happened is as the, the, the with, with the smartphones and all the phone apps coming up, mm-hmm. it just made the ability to create these kind of gig type jobs much more accessible to people. But let's face it, mm-hmm. people have been dog walkers, uh, apartment cleaners. I mean, uh, you know, people have been doing all kinds of things as side jobs for a while. Sure. And it's not that unusual. If you know somebody who doesn't have a full-time job, they may have two or three part-time jobs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's been building for a while too. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing about people kind of sitting back and, and reflecting on things. Mm-hmm. Well, to me, it was kind of highlighted but this has also kind of been a trend of this more mindfulness Yeah, is the rise in, in, in the popularity of meditation, right? Mm-hmm. Transcendental meditation has been around since the sixties yeah. and it's only become more popular and then more varieties of different kinds of meditation. And, mm-hmm. and it was really very poignantly highlighted to me just last week. Mm-hmm. I was in a networking event. Mm-hmm. And, and before we went out into the breakout rooms, they said, okay, your question of the week is, what do you do to de-stress? Mm-hmm. And so then they sent, and there's a whole bunch of people in the main room. Then they send you off into the, the breakout rooms. And it was like two or three breakout rooms. Yeah. And like 80% to 90% of the people said they meditate mm-hmm. to de-stress. Now, this was not a networking event for new age people, not right. a networking event for healers. Like it was a business networking event. Right. Yeah. And to me, it like floored me, even though I've been meditating for, I don't know how long, as long as I can remember, Yep. Same but here. to see the wide acceptance of it. Yeah. That really shook me. And I mean, you yourself, Eric, how long have you been meditating? Uh, I'd say about 12, almost 13 years now, 2009, I started meditating. Right. About so, and, yeah. and I remember back like, I don't know, five, 10 years ago when, mm-hmm. you know, the, the president of Twitter came out that he's a meditator. And then like all across Silicon Valley, you started hearing like all the heads of some of these big tech companies, they're very spiritual, they meditate, they take time for themselves. And, and it wasn't necessarily talked about overly openly, but it's kind of people in the know, knew like that's what was going on. So yeah, that's yeah. been building too. And so when you take some time Mm-hmm. To just be with yourself, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to you're you're able to start to really sort of separate from the rat race, from the hustle and bustle and the worries of every day. You bring yourself to a state of presence, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then you really start to be able to feel like what's really important to us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what's really of value yeah and then this pandemic gave people up front and center like right in your face yeah what it, it, it's 
it's connection, it's family, it's friends, mm. especially so many people early on in the pandemic. How many people do we know mm-hmm. that lost people, the people that died yeah. to COVID? Sure. And, and not only that, but I noticed a lot of people were losing friends and relatives mm. to other diseases. Right. But, you know, it was all happening right around the same time. So, so it, it, when, you lo- when you have a loss... Yeah, you, you start to reevaluate things, and then you understand. You look at stuff, and it's like, do I really want to like keep killing myself for a paycheck, or do I want to spend more time with my family? I think and, that's a really good. Oh, you know, you're saying, Sam. I, I was just going to say that anyone who asks that question of themselves, you take two minutes to think, not two seconds to think about it, and the yeah. answer is very obvious. Like a no-brainer, a no-brainer for sure. You know what you're saying? It kind of reminds me of something that I've seen with different guests in the show and just in life in general is that, as you mentioned, it's not as if the pandemic hit and we locked down March 13th and by March 15th, we had all this, you know, change and everything like that. They change like often I think is building over time. I think, you know, ideas start to formulate in individuals and then collectively, right? Individuals talk to one another and people discuss and read and write articles and people listen. And, and so I, I often see that, you know, movements start, there's a buzz, a clamoring, and then either some major catastrophic event happens that like chase people up, or there's a long period of time for reflection or both. And you see that with, you know, different civil rights movements over the years, some major event happens, people say, we can't ignore X any longer. And then they have more time on their hands to decide, mm, let's tackle this because we're not just, you know, busy in the rat race, as you mentioned, just tunnel vision. And I think that's like a really good, you know, good point to make about meditation, you know, about the fact that um, the gig economy has been around. I work with business owners and a lot of them are startups that have other jobs too. And definitely not a, a new thing with COVID, but like with, you know, that extra time in people's hands and with the mortality issue. And even just with the fact that companies, as you mentioned, like couldn't hide behind, you know, I mean, they could now say, hey, you know, we want to hire everybody because we feel that certain types of creative process of collaboration and connection happen best in person. But that even opens the door, right, to the conversations about uh, maybe a mutual compromise of needs. Maybe you meet, maybe you go into the office two days a week instead of five. Maybe you go in, you know, once a month for a week and three weeks off. So I think it's like all good points. And I think I want our audience tonight to really get a sense of like what, you know, how this collective consciousness, this increasing awareness um, may, you know, be used or thought about when they're trying to change the workplace. But we have to, of course, take a commercial break first. So I'll just let everyone know. I think uh, really glad to have you tonight, Sam. Um, I'm Eric Sauver, host of Employment Law Today. My guest tonight, Sam Leibowitz, the Conscious Consultant. We're on Talk Radio NYC. Stick around. We'll be right back. Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7 Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day.
Welcome back to Employment Law Today. I'm your host, Eric Sauber, Employment Law Business Law Attorney. And here tonight with our guest, as I mentioned, for those of us joining maybe the second half of the show, we've got Sam Leibowitz, uh, who is the executive producer, runs the station Talk Radio NYC that you're listening to tonight, and also is the conscious consultant and has a conscious consultant hour uh, show on the station as well. Um, Sam, you know, really good stuff so far. We're talking about this collective consciousness and the great resignation you know, talking about just um, how, what it's about and how these different trends, overarching trends are increasing and creating the great resignation. Um, I wonder like how perhaps entrepreneurship, you know, uh, as it exists today might be a factor and how that ties into the theme of collective consciousness. Like how does that create the great resignation maybe? So there's a certain mindset and, and I think it's something, and I, I have to, talk from the perspective of someone from the United States, because I know we have listeners around the globe and it's not the same, but the United States has a lot of influence in terms of culture around the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, way back when, before the, you know, or during the early part of before the industrial revolution, most people were farmers or Mm -hmm. shop owners. They were artisans and craftsmen. They made shoes. They made things. Most people were entrepreneurs. Very few people worked for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Then the Industrial Revolution comes and we've got these assembly lines now. We need factory workers. And so they figured out how to get farmers or people who grew up on a farm, how mm-hmm. to beat the creativity out of them so they could be an assembly line worker, almost an automaton. Mm. And then we're now, we have been going back to sort of this way of being, of being creative entrepreneurs again. And I, early on in the pandemic, I was talking to a friend of mine, Cynthia, um, who, who's a business owner, and mm-hmm. she talks frequently with, with thought leaders in the industry. And she said how mm-hmm. before the pandemic, the ratio of sort of entrepreneurs to employees was about 25 to 75, 25% of of the population roughly worked for themselves and 75% worked for other people. Sounds about right. Yeah. And that it had been predicted for that to flip to be 75% work for themselves and 25% work for other people over Hmm. the course of the next 20 to 30 years. Hmm. But once the pandemic hit, Boom, that timeline shortened tremendously. And I don't know what it is right now, but I'm willing to bet it's probably pretty close to 50-50, if Mm -hmm. not even entrepreneurship edging a little bit over that. Because I just see myself, so many people are are getting involved in in what they call the information economy, being Mm -hmm. thought leaders, coaches, consultants. And I, I work with a lot of people and they used to be employees and, and they're just tired of it, burnt out. Mm-hmm. They, it doesn't call to their heart anymore because now they're more, again, spending time with themselves, yeah. being more in touch with what feels right, what, what is really in tune with our hearts, with our souls, with our spirit. Mm-hmm. And people want to do something else. They want to do something to help people, to support people. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, not everybody, not everybody, sure. but a lot of people just mm-hmm. want to see the world become a better place. Yeah. Yeah. And in order to do that, m- most people are trying to share their story, share their experience to support mm-hmm. others in feeling like they can do the same thing. It's interesting. It's like, it's almost like this change that you're seeing accelerated, as you mentioned, the accelerated changing towards entrepreneurship. I've spoken to people, clients of mine over the course of the last two years. Some are new business owners, some are older ones, well, established ones. And when I asked the new ones, like, what got you here? Some kind of joke that, you know, they quote unquote chose it like, because their company closed down or you know, massive layoffs because of the pandemic and the econo- econo- economic factors, the economy and such. Um, so there's a sort of like, like push, but others said they were kind of like on the diving board, you know, or they were sort of like climbing up the ladder to the diving board to jump off for, for years. They were taking slow steps. And then the pandemic was that sort of push and they had to sink or swim. Um, so, but, but of course, others, I think, you know, in line with our topic tonight about the great resignation, others maybe did not lose their jobs, but 
you know, they, they realized that they could work for themselves. And I think, as you mentioned, that whole purpose, and that whole sense of value, I think a lot of people like, were feeling devalued, undervalued by their companies. As I mentioned, the whole automaton, you know, automat, uh, automatons, yeah. And, and, in, yeah. and in some ways, it's, it's almost like, like business karma. It, it's mm. kind of... Yeah, companies used to be at least small businesses and, and decent sized companies used to be relatively loyal to their employees. Mm-hmm. True. Then that loyalty completely eroded. Yeah. Employee engagement in the workplace was at an all time low. Uh, workplace morale was like in the in the bottom of the barrel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And employees in general have been taken advantage of and taken for granted for so long. Yeah. And mm-hmm. now finally people this this new awareness of being empowered of saying you know what i don't have to take this i don't have to mm-hmm. uh you know just take any job just because mm-hmm. I, I, that i hate just because i have to pay the bills i can do something different and mm-hmm. so and so it's kind of like that karma coming around and now the employees mm-hmm. saying to the employers well you know you took advantage of us or you took us for granted for so long mm-hmm. Bye. We're we're going someplace where we're not taken for advantage of. Or another thing that's I actually love the younger generation, the millennials yeah, and the Gen Zers, yeah, because they make their values very important when they're deciding who to work for. Mm-hmm. And if the company doesn't align with their values, they don't want to. They don't want to work there. Yeah, and yeah. if they find like the company is just paying lip service, whether it's to mm-hmm. as you mentioned before, uh, issues like DEI. Or the the um, ecology, the, the the environment. Yep. Like if they see like a company is not being a good citizen of the planet, psh, they're out of there. Yeah. And, and I applaud them a hundred percent for being that way. I don't think they're entitled. I don't think they're lazy. Yep. 100%. I think they're showing us what what is possible when when people stand up for what they truly believe in. I yeah I agree wholeheartedly with that Sam wholeheartedly you know it's funny so I'm a gen squarely a Gen Xer so I'm not a millennial or you know a, um, a Gen Zer but um, I've often thought that they got a very bad unfair shake a bad rap and I think that you know like they have generations that graduated into the almost difficult economic times a lot of them came up in the crash of 08 or 09 or you know 2009 or 10 were thrust yeah. out of college the job market and they saw their parents lose their homes or their jobs and the mortgage crisis for that and. A lot of them went through unspeakable, they're just challenging times, people coming into the workplace during a pandemic, you know, having never met their coworkers. Like, so I see them as very, a very resilient generation and or generations, I should say now. Um, so, you know, like I, I agree with you there. And I think that, you know, the the, va- the ability to focus on their values, I think, is in part maybe driven by and contributes to this other factor we talked about earlier, which is the gig economy. Right. Because right. Like, if. You know, if you have strong values and you tell a company, hey, if you don't meet my values, like I'm out of here, you know, you're not saying I'm out of here. I'm going to and now I have no safety net. I can't pay my bill, rent or my bills. Like you can say like, I'm out of here. I'm going to up my, you know, my DoorDash, my Uber, Uber driving, whatever, um, and maybe a little day trading until I get a different job or start my own company. And I think that people who maybe work in those uh, positions have time to reflect and think about the sort of the rat race they may be leaving and say, I don't want that for myself. You know, so I think it's yeah, interesting. Right. Exactly. I mean, I remember you know, both my parents were employees. They actually both worked for Mine the too. city. Yeah. My mom was a school teacher. My dad was a statistician. I mean, his job doesn't even exist anymore. It's right. taken over by computers. By but, people, right? yeah. but when I was a kid, and I yeah. actually don't remember this, but I heard my mom tell the story many yeah. times, um, is is he took an early retirement. Mm-hmm. And, and after he took his retirement, uh, because they are, they were either going to demote him to like a lower paid position, or he took retirement, and he figured out that if he took a lower paid position, his pension would be less. Right. So he he retired early, and then he mm-hmm. found out that they a few years afterwards that they weren't paying him what they were supposed to be paying him. Mm-hmm. That he should have been paid mm-hmm. more out of his pension, and so he took the city to court to small claims court. And the judge said to him, Mr. Leibowitz, you've made a very good case. And I can see with all the evidence that you're absolutely right. But I can't side in your favor because if I do, it will open up 
a, law, a whole slew of lawsuits for other people hmm. who the same issue has happened with and it will bankrupt the city. So as much as yeah. you're, I can say you're right, I can't rule in your favor. I would appeal that if I were this attorney back then. Like, you know, just there's a lot of flaws in that reasoning when you appeal one individual litigant. But I think that's yeah. more for the city to worry about and try to pay him and settle out of court. But anyway, so you were saying, yeah. Right. So, so I mean, that kind of crushed him. But like, mm-hmm. that's what I saw as a kid. So it's like, why would I work for anybody? Even a municipality can screw you. Right. Right. Yeah. There's no like, like whoever is the you know, the old expression, right? The golden rule, who, he who has the gold makes the rules. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's kind of like when you're going up against, you know, big uh, companies, it's like you can't really fight them. The only way you can fight them is with your wallet and with your feet. Yeah. And and so people who who have experiences similar to mine, it's like you're there's not much encouragement to go work there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that like, you know, this like, all comes down to people sharing their experiences. You know, we're all now much more connected. We're on social media, we're on video, we're on Zoom. Like people's stories like yours, somebody listening tonight might say, that happened to my father too, or to me, you know? So I think it's like maybe part of the information sort of high, uh, just the, the social media presence and the way that people are all kind of like more connected. It's like the stories become less anecdotal and less rare and more like, oh, this is actually the norm. Um, right. Which, right. which brings me to a question for you, Sam, mm-hmm. about you know like what you do as a conscious consultant. And it's interesting, we're talking about you know self-employed individuals and walking away from the employer. But I'm wondering, um, as the conscious consultant and what you do, how might some of your work like, with business owners or with businesses and employers, um, like what might you do to help them, let's say, to increase their retention rate, almost to combat some of that corporate karma? Well, the first thing is to learn from your employees. Yeah. To ask them, what what would you want? You know, they did a study years ago, years, years, years ago. Right. About what gave people the greatest job satisfaction. And it wasn't about their salary. It yeah. was about, at the time, it was about recognition. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So it just goes to show it doesn't have to cost you a lot. Maybe it's just recognize yeah. people, but it's treat your employees as human beings. Right. You know, treat the people who work for you. I mean, they are your greatest asset if Mm. you're willing to support them and Mm -hmm. let them know that you actually do appreciate them because without any employees, you don't have a company. Right. Yep. And 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 it's people respond to that when it's true, when it not when it's just, you know, words coming out of a mouth and you don't really mean it. And right. not if it's just words and your actions don't follow suit, it's got to be authentic and your actions have to follow your words. Yeah. But it's value your employees. You see all the time, the most successful companies in the world are yeah. those that have the best environment to work for. Yeah, and are constantly rated as the best workplaces. Absolutely, Sam. Absolutely, it's something I impart to my clients as an employment law attorney and business law attorney. So often, you know, a lot, a lot of companies come to me like, like wanting to do the right thing, and some of the years come to me saying, "What's the least amount of vacation time like, that I'm legally required to give to my people?" And I, I tell them, "So I have to give this. Can I give that? What's the minimum wage I can offer?" And I say, "You know, like, like this is like the law offers that as a floor, not a ceiling. You can go more, but." And some of them have said to me, why would I? And I've answered, you know, well, like you might not get in trouble with this minimum bare bones, but you're going to get the bare bones sort of minimum response. And you're going to have a loss of employee morale. And you'd be surprised how much just acknowledging someone, not to say, but just money, but with sometimes like more vacation time shows that you value them or, right. you know, having programs like, like, the, like speaking to your employees, our like desires, you know, their, their, their passions. Um, I think you're right about the actions following the words too. And that's really good stuff for, you know, onto tonight. I, like, I think we have to take a, a commercial break if I'm not, yep, we do. Um, so we're going to be right back everyone with, um, Sam Leibowitz, uh, my guest on my show, Employment Law Today. I'm your host, Eric Sauber on Talk Radio NYC. Uh, stay tuned. We've got more good stuff to come talking about. Uh, how businesses can help to increase and improve retention, like Sam mentioned, and also talking about this issue in really more detail. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
Join us every Tuesday at 4pm Eastern for the Mind Behind Leadership, where we focus on what leadership really means to us and to others. We have practical discussions with the CEOs of some of the world's largest companies, owners of small businesses, and experts in psychology and behavior to get that inside track, what to do, what to avoid, and what really happens. Join me, Graham Dobbin, at the new time, 4pm, every Tuesday for the Mind Behind Leadership, here live on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Calling all pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Employment Law Today. I'm your host, Eric Sauver, Employment Law Business Law Attorney, host of this weekly live talk radio show right here on Talk Radio NYC with my guest tonight, station's uh, executive producer uh, and manager of Sam Leibowitz, the conscious consultant. And Sam, before I come back to our conversation, I just want to give a sort of a shout out here, uh, acknowledge a great comment from Hannah, Hannah Hernandez, whom I know from the 4% Breakthrough Group on Facebook and through our good colleague and friend, Lance. Uh, Dr. Lance Dog, Hannah, good to see you watching and glad to hear that you took the leap into entrepreneurship after company layoffs and um, and you're a millennial, like, right on, shout out to you. Um, like I was telling Sam actually in the break in the chat box that, you know, I've seen millennials like, get a bad rap and Gen Z as well. I'm a, gen- I'm a Generation X, I'm not millennial, but um, like, I've always like, thought it was you know misplaced and maybe a little bit of envy perhaps like people who see you guys, you know, Take in charge of your destiny. So more power to you, um, I must say. And I just want to kind of circle back now to Sam, um, which would be a question about what we're talking about now, this whole topic. So I'm wondering, Sam, um, how might employers increase their workers' job satisfaction by looking at some broader trends? You started talking about that a little bit with valuing their employees. What might that look like in other concrete tips? So... You know, I think when we come from the place of, imagine if we had to do the employee's job, imagine if this wasn't our business, but someone else's business, and we were working for them, how would we want to be treated? Right? What would we want? What kind of encouragement? What kind of opportunity? What kind of development would we want? So again, it, it treat your employees like your family, because they are your family. Mm-hmm. And it means like, I mean, let me give you an example of like how I work with some of our production assistants who work for the station. Sure. So our production assistants, they write up the show notes, the show summary. There's probably hopefully one listening to the show right now taking notes. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there are other tasks and other things that they do. Mm -hmm. But the other things that they do don't have to be done on a time schedule. They, They may need to be done by a certain time, but they don't have to be done between nine and five. Right. Mm -hmm. So we just, I just say to them, look, get it done and just get it done by the appropriate time. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't care if you work on it in three o'clock in the morning or two in the afternoon or, or whenever. Mm -hmm. So you allow the person some flexibility and allow them to sort of manage their own schedule. So look at people, not by the clock, not mm-hmm. by, you know, when did they show up or when did they leave, but, but how much did they get done? Are they getting things done on time? Yeah. 
and when you give an employee responsibility, give them the authority that they need to to handle that responsibility, give them the decision making, like if they need to, to, they're given a task, and they need to buy some materials or whatever, that they don't have to go through a bunch of red tape to do that, that they're empowered. I mean, it can be within limits, but they're empowered to do basic things that they need to do. Right. Again, recognition, recognize when people do a good job. And when people don't do a good job, don't immediately assume that they're a bad employee. Right. Talk to them on a personal level and find out what else might be going on. Mm -hmm. Are they having a problem at home? Maybe they just found out their spouse or partner is sick. Maybe their Mm -hmm. children is having a difficult time in school. Mm -hmm. You know, understand that we're holistic beings and that we we don't stop being a, a mother, a father, a a husband, a wife, the minute we walk into the, the door of the business, if we're even in person. Yeah. And and so, again, when we adopt this more humane mindset, mm-hmm. and we look at people as individuals, it's also like, things may shift and change. Don't be so stuck and so rigid that just because you hired somebody to do a specific job, Mm -hmm. maybe they outgrow that job, or maybe they're really much more interested in a different job that they actually would be much better in the role Mm -hmm. and figure out like, Hey, is there a way to shift their responsibilities? And maybe somebody else who's more attuned to take over their job and, you know, be flexible. Don't be, sometimes we Mm -hmm. tend to get very rigid. No, it has to be this way because we have our system and we got to do things a certain way. You know what? The, the, The most flexible organizations can take advantage of changes in the market and take advantage of different Mm -hmm. opportunities that rigid companies can't. Very true. You know, I feel as if everything you're talking about tonight, Sam, and everything I've heard from recent guests, I feel as if we as a society and even in the business world, employers are at a crossroads, right? It's just going to be a very teachable moment for them and that, you know, you can look at like the great resignation. If you just want to kind of just, you know, write it off as oh, a bunch of selfish people who don't, care, a bunch of quitters, you know, or, or not tough, like, like, then, you know, you will probably, you know, perish in the long run, like, because you're not really paying attention to what people actually need. If you look at it as a teachable I'll, moment, I'll say yeah. just another point on that. Sure, I, I think any company that writes off people like that is, is yeah. really um, uh, playing with fire because yeah. right. population growth is down. Yeah. In in, yeah. in in any country where the population gets more educated, they have less kids mm-hmm. and the population growth slows down. Right. And in Japan, they have negative population growth. It is a mm-hmm. huge problem in Japan that mm-hmm. the number of young people entering the workforce are not enough to really support the older people. And they're asking people who've retired to come back and work because they don't have enough workers. And yeah. if you're a company and you're not valuing, valuing your workers, your employees, you may be able to survive for a while and you may be able to still practice some pretty bad habits and be nasty to people. But in the long run, you may end up, you know, going out of business because you're not going to be able to find people. Right. It's like usually flexibility, adaptability, you know, willingness to change, the willingness to let go of some rigid, as you mentioned, controls, which often I think reflect the company's fear. You know, they don't, it's the fear if we change this, you know, that something will all kind of fall apart and unravel and we need order and structure, but order and structure is fine. But I think within limits, we're finding out, I think a lot of us are finding out that, you know, if we had been only based thinking about order um, during this pandemic and never wanted to change, we'd be like the way of the, the, way of the dodo bird. Okay. And speaking of the way things go, we're, we're actually going to the next show soon. We're at three minutes left. This is the oh, time no. where I usually leave you, Sam, to let our guests know the next two minutes or audience know rather how we can find you, any things you have going on, coming up. It's all the floor is yours, my friend. Uh, thank you, Eric. Thank you so much. And thanks again for uh, having me on your show again. It's always a fun sure. time having a conversation with you. Same here. So, yes, um, if you like some of the things I said, uh, please uh, come to listen to my show on Thursday at 12 noon Eastern time. Um, I have a really fascinating guest this week, uh, Dr. Roshanak Hashemion, who's a neuro. Uh, a scientist and who studied the brain 
And uh, we're actually going to touch upon some of the things and she's going to bring a slightly different perspective from myself on on Thursday at noon. Um, And if you uh, want to learn more about myself, uh, my website, it's real simple. It's theconsciousconsultantsingular.com. And uh, and also, if you'd like to get my book, uh, it's called Everyday Awakening, and you can go to www.everydayawakeningbook.com. It'll take you right to the listing on Amazon. It's a great little book, um, and uh, it'll give you some decent, different perspectives on things. Excellent, Sally. Excellent. Really great to have that information about you, how people can contact you, your book, um, your show, really great stuff. You know, I know we have some great shows on the station, too. I think we have, I believe, Joseph Franklin McElroy is coming up with Gateway to the Smokies. Smokies. Yes, mm-hmm. right. I know he's had another show also. I wasn't sure. Um, so stick around, folks. Um, you're listening to Employment Law today. Uh, if you enjoy what you heard tonight, tune in Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I always have interesting guests, uh, folks like Sam Leibowitz. I want to thank you again. Thanks, Sam, for being on the show. Always a pleasure talking with you as well. And, um, you know, we're at very ed- interesting, challenging times here. And I think it's very crucial for business owners and employers to know these issues and to really get different perspectives. So if you like what you heard, uh, tell your friends, tell your colleagues, tell your employees to listen in and talk to NYC. Uh, I'm Eric Sauver, host of the show. I'm also an employment law, business law attorney, wishing everyone here a great night, uh, a safe, happy, uh, healthy rest of the week. And I'll see you all back here next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Thank you once again. Thank you, Eric. Take care. Take care now. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. informed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.